Russian personnel vexed by uncertain mission, inept leadership, inconsistent logistics and lousy rations seize control of nearby city and key military hub, briefly threaten to topple the state, realise that they may not have thought this all the way through and end up exiled in a neighbouring country. This was, more or less, the plot of the Potemkin mutiny, when the aggrieved crew of the Russian battleship of that name staged a revolt in June 1905 and overran Odessa. It is always tempting when the present presents us with a bit of a head-scratcher to seek guidance from the past, but it may be that the Prigozhin mutiny of June 2023 defies historical analysis. The sheer weirdness of recent events may instead be best illustrated by the hypothetical comparison. So, to pair Saturday's shenanigans to their bones, a former Leningrad hot dog cart operator turned St. Petersburg celebrity restaurateur leading a militia of criminals seemed poised to accomplish what Hitler, Napoleon and Charles XII of Sweden had failed to do and take Moscow, having already captured Rostov-on-Don and Voronezh, cities between them, home to more than two million people. We're in 7 часов 30 минут утра под контролем военные объекты Ростова в том числе so, if you're in the United Kingdom, maybe imagine Gordon Ramsay at the head of a column of escaped prisoners, having already hoisted their flag over Leeds and Sheffield and shot down several British Army helicopters, heading down the M1 towards London as Prime Minister Rishi Sunak gives a panicked address to the nation. Or, if you're listening in the United States, picture a reenactment of January 6th, 2021, except commanded by Bobby Flay, and his merry men have liberated Fayetteville and Richmond and are barreling up Interstate 95 through the wreckage of Virginia National Guard Blackhawks bound for Washington, D.C., as rumours circulate that Air Force One has spirited President Joe Biden to safety in Boston. That's our two biggest markets covered. Everyone else will have to do their own. Bizarre though the weekend shenanigans were, they did not descend from a completely clear blue sky. Yevgeny Prigozhin, hoodlum-turned-caterer, turned-mercenary, had been whining for months that his outfit, the Wagner Group, had been doing the brunt of the hard fighting in Russia's absurd attempted conquest of Ukraine, especially in and around Bakhmut, and had been doing so with little assistance from a Russian military establishment, which Prigozhin had repeatedly damned as complacent, incompetent and corrupt. The president receives reports that do not correspond to reality in any way. There are two versions. One is on the ground, the other is on the president's desk. That is why we hear day after day about 60 destroyed leopards, about 3,000 destroyed enemy soldiers. That Prigozhin has at least half a point on this front was demonstrated by the ease with which his brigades sauntered to within 200 kilometres of Moscow and then stopped. The two key questions now are, one, why did Prigozhin call his insurrection off? Two, what happens now? Prigozhin's own explanation may be at least partially true, essentially that he felt he'd made his point and had no wish to see the streets of the capital run with Russian blood. Other theories in circulation are just as plausible. 
that Prigozhin's family had been threatened, that possible co-conspirators Prigozhin had lined up in the Kremlin lost their nerve, that Prigozhin has simply lost his marbles. As of this broadcast, Prigozhin is in Minsk under the terms of an agreement apparently brokered by Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko. Generally regarded as an obesant Putin stooge, Lukashenko has been greatly enjoying claiming the credit for forestalling the Russian civil war of 2023. I also understood that a tough decision had been made. You could hear it in Putin's speech. To wipe them out. I advised Putin not to rush things. I said, let's talk to Prigozhin and his commanders. And what did he say? Listen, Sasha, it's useless. He doesn't even answer his phone. He doesn't want to talk to anyone. I asked him where he was. He said, in Rostov. I said, OK, better bad peace than a good fight. Don't rush this. I'll try to contact him. The deal also appears to involve the dropping of any and all charges which might have been brought against Wagner Group in general or Yevgeny Prigozhin in particular. Though given Vladimir Putin's formidable capacity for grudge-bearing, Prigozhin would be well advised to sleep with one eye open and a pistol beneath his pillow. It also seems that at least some of Wagner Group will be formally absorbed into the Russian military a plan that has been in play a while now and was also a reason for Prigozhin's angst. Amid a remarkable few days, one of the most remarkable moments was Putin calmly acknowledging that Wagner, for all that it has been deployed as a deniable proxy force in Ukraine, Syria, Libya and several locations in sub-Saharan Africa, has been bankrolled all along by the Russian state. Putin even provided figures. We fully financed this group from the federal budget. Just from May 22nd until May 23rd, the state paid Wagner companies 86,262,000,000 rubles, about a billion dollars, for cash support and incentive payments. It is not entirely clear, however, whether Wagner is to be entirely demobbed. Lukashenko has signalled that an abandoned military base in Belarus will be made available for whoever Prigozhin brings with him, that further camps could be built, and that Belarusian citizens are free to join Wagner, though as things stand, this would seem an eccentric career move, comparable with deciding that Bonnie Prince Charlie is your guy shortly after the Battle of Culloden. And if that deft illusion is lost on you, serves you right for not keeping up in history class. This week's aborted caper by Prigozhin, and yes, not the first time a production of Wagner has left everybody wondering why they sat through all that, etc., will certainly have rattled Vladimir Putin, who may even now have the Kremlin's carpenters adding another few metres to his conference table. Declarations that it is some sort of beginning of Putin's end and any associated optimism should, however, be hedged. President Recep Tayyip Erdogan of Turkey was beset by a full-blown coup attempt seven years ago next month and remains in power. And dreadful and ridiculous though Putin is, this is Russia. His replacement, when it comes, being someone or something even more dreadful and ridiculous is far from unimaginable. But it can be, cautiously said, that the Ukrainian soldiers who spent the weekend posting images of themselves gorging popcorn from upturned helmets were entitled to enjoy the show. 
They now know that the enemy they face is compelled every so often to look behind them. For Monocle Radio, I'm Andrew Muller.